Embarking on the journey of business ownership transfer can be complicated and emotional, particularly with family entwined. Join me, Vincent Mastrovito, owner of Prometheus Partners in Finishing Touches, the podcast that genuinely understands your challenges and aims to equip you with invaluable tips for a smooth business succession. By the end of each episode, you'll feel more confident and ready to guide your business into the next phase. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome, listeners, to another engaging episode of Finishing Touches. Today, we have a distinguished guest with us today, Dr. Tom Deans, intergenerational wealth expert and best-selling author, known for his groundbreaking insights into family, business, and succession planning. Dr. Deans is no stranger to the intricacies of wealth transition. As the best-selling author of Every Family's Business and Willing Wisdom, He has earned international acclaim and has shared his unconventional and contrarian approach in over 2,000 speeches across 28 different countries, and that is flat-out amazing. His long-awaited sequel, Willing Wisdom, has already become an international bestseller, inspiring a new digital tool called Willing Wisdom Index and an ultimate estate planning checklist. He also has a background as the CEO of a large multinational family business and a PhD from the University of Warwick in England. Tom, when do you have time to do anything? Dr. Tom Deans brings a wealth of experience to the table. He, uh, his talks go beyond mere financial and tax planning, aiming to instill confidence and inspiration in families looking to transition just more than assets. So today we'll be delving into the fascinating world of intergenerational wealth, family business, and succession planning with Dr. Tom Deans. And we'll also explore his unique perspective on exiting a family business, the challenges families face, and the broader impact on both the business and personal legacies. Without any further delay, let's warmly welcome Dr. Tom Deans to Finishing Touches. Tom, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Hey, Vincent, I'm looking forward to our chat. It's an interesting subject, isn't it? And getting more interesting as the time goes by. It really is. I wanted to share this. So let, I wanted to share with our listeners today, one, uh, thanks for being here throughout the course of 2023. This is our last episode for 2023. Uh, so this will air in January of 2024. But really appreciate everybody being here throughout uh, throughout the year. Interesting, I, I, I stumbled across some information the about the other day that family-owned businesses represent in the world 90% of the GDP. That is amazing to me, right? Which, which we're going to cover some of that today. In the United States, about 54% of the GDP is generated by privately held businesses, which represents about $15 trillion. So, Tom, talk a little bit about the family transition or exit from one generation to the next. Obviously, we can talk, you know, generation one to two, two to three. Talk a little bit about what are you seeing in the family generation space, uh, successes and challenges? Well, it's a great place to start. And my first observation would be that I, I have seen a shift. You know, when I first started my professional speaking career 20 years ago, the book carried a really controversial message, which was never gift your business to your children. They need to buy it at full market value based on a third-party valuation. And and a lot of people 20 years ago would kind of look at me like, what are you talking about? Why 
why would you do that? I mean, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you just give your business to your kids the way it's always been done? And now I would say, I mean, I'm still, I'm still spit, I call spitting into the wind. It is not an easy message. It's to convince people of an idea that is as old as business itself. Okay, so we, you know, people have always wanted to do this. People, business owners, view their greatest legacy as their business. And the idea of selling it is anathema to who they are and to our cultural hardwired feeling that it is our job as a business founder to pass that business on. And I come along and I write a book, go, what do you, why would you do that? I can't think of a more dangerous idea, a more toxic idea than giving something to someone who hasn't earned it or hasn't risked something to purchase it. So 20 years later, a couple of thousand speeches, 28 countries, as you mentioned, um, I'm starting to see a shift. I am starting to see more and more business owners revisit this idea and just double check their own bias at the door and ask, is it really appropriate to give my business to my kids? I mean, do they really want it? Are they talented? Are they good enough? Do they want it? And, and what's coming back is when they ask these questions of their children is the answer is no. Right. Yeah. I, so I, you and I have had a chance to meet in person and it, it, we, we've had some really good conversations over the last couple of years. I, I read your book, of, your book a few years ago and I've actually, in previous conversations before that, it was like, okay, let's just gift it to the kids. And I, and I always saw some kind of a challenge as that, really happen because mom and dad were always the bank. So it's mom and dad, first national bank. So all your risk is, is really hedging against the success or failure of the children. Right. And, and to your point, it's like, are these kids really ready to take over a business and why wouldn't they just go on and pay for it? Like anybody else would pay for it. I mean, it just doesn't seem to, to really make any sense is, like, and why would the parents want to put that much money uh, at risk of all the years that they put in from a sweat equity perspective? The reality is it's really sad to watch someone in their 70s who have concentrated their wealth in one illiquid stock called their family business and then not really have a process for transitioning it outside, right? So they don't diversify their assets, which is really important as you get older, Right. It's, it's, it's not a bad strategy when you're in your, in your 20s or 30s to concentrate your wealth, right? That's how, we, that's how we often create wealth, by doubling down on stock. But as we move into our 60s, 70s, 80s, and yes, even our 90s, to have most of our wealth in one stock or stock that has been transitioned to the next generation, but we hold the debt, is it, incredibly stressful. And it pulls, it pulls apart families from the inside. Oh, without a doubt, I, I think it does, and it certainly adds another dimension. So let's let's talk a little bit more. Let's kind of shift and let's talk a little about your uh, the the new book that you have out, and let's talk a little bit about the new index that you have for people that are that they can do online. To tell, well, how does that help business owners kind of move through the process? Yeah, so you know, I was I was a little bit frustrated with you know the reach of my message. So I really I thought, how can I get this message out? How can I convince more business owners to understand how dangerous it is what they're doing? And so 
And so I came up with this idea, idea to come up with a questionnaire, a checklist that would really take a very short amount of time to complete that would allow someone to see the gaps in their business succession plan and in their estate plan. And so this this digital tool takes about eight to 10 minutes to complete the checklist. And then they get a personalized 20, 20 page report that says, hey, Bill, Mary, this is what you're doing well, or this is really where you've got some serious gaps in your uh, estate plan. Talk to me a little bit about, so, so you still believe wholeheartedly that whatever generation is running the company today, and you've got the next generation that is coming up through the ranks, it should still just be a sale. Whether they go to the bank to get financing, they find some mezzanine financing, or they buy it over time through distributions of the company, one or all of those factors should be used to buy out the exist the current generation that is running the company, right? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I'm seeing increasingly is children, in the context of a family meeting, in a very kind of open, transparent way, in front of their siblings, talking about whatever financing structure they're doing, whether or not they're, you know, the parents are holding the note or whether or not they're going out for, you know, third party financing, whatever. I'm, I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of indifferent. What I want is transparency. What I want is real market rates being paid. I want to see some real pain. The kids are not going to are not going to get take on debt if they don't want the business. We have tens of thousands of children working in tens of thousands of family businesses that are hanging around for all the wrong reasons. They figure if they leave the family business that somehow they're going to be disinherited. They're going to lose something. Because that's where the family money is. It's sitting in the retained earnings of family businesses. That is not a compelling reason to, to work and stay in a business, right? Not like it may be the worst reason. Yeah, it, it's really. And then part of the area that we see is that how much preparation has been given to the new generation coming up by the existing generation to really take over the business, right? I, I have found kind of a kind of a gap in to say how much time has really been spent mentoring and preparing these children to really take over a business so that mom and dad can feel comfortable turning over the reins to these kids, whether they carry some of the paper or not, I call it carrying paper, is like, even if you're going to carry 50% of the debt and you're going to have the bank carry the other 50 how much have you really prepared them because you still are on the hook for the debt? Now you're second lien to the bank. Do you still see kind of a gap into how prepared that second or third generation really is to take over the, the business? Absolutely. And we know it in the data. We know that only we know that roughly a th only a third of family businesses are going to survive to the second generation. And a lot of that is is around the financing. And putting people on the wrong seat on the wrong bus, they're just, you know, it's such an emotional thing, this thing called the family business. You know, it's just very difficult for people to let go and make really clear business decisions when family and relationships are involved. So, so part of my message is really to get, get people to seek third-party assistance right? And get that clarity and get those ground rules and to understand that that financing is something that doesn't happen overnight. What I think happens in the context of a family meeting is that advisors will actually find that the best price and the best buyer 
resides from outside the family. That is overwhelmingly something that I'm seeing over and over. Yeah. Have you seen a lot of family businesses bringing in like a president to run the company, especially if the kids aren't really prepared or or maybe just to keep a neutral position within the business is to, to bring somebody in to kind of run and and then to work with the kids as they move through it. Uh, and then you may change this person over time. Have you seen any of that going on in your travels? Absolutely. Particularly if there's a big gap in age. If the kids are young and you have a business owner who wants to exit, maybe they're in their 50s. The kids are, you know, maybe they started their family late. They're in their, you know, their 10 or their young teenage years. Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing business owners yeah, buy some time for their kids to mature and, and then see whether or not, you know, the kids represent really the next generation of talented ownership. That's that's one thing. But but again, it's it's a bad reason to concentrate your wealth in a business, hoping that the best CEO in the future is going to come from a pool of two kids, right? Highly unlikely. When you uh, when you talk to people, you know, in the search executive search world, they're they're starting with a pool of about five thousand resumes, right? To find a CEO for the very for the right business, I mean, it's a big net that is cast. But then flip over to a family business and you've got two or three kids. I mean, seriously, statistically, what's the probability that the best talent for that particular asset, for that business, at that moment in time, is going to come from two kids? Highly unlikely. It's why the failure rate of family businesses is actually much higher than the failure rate of non-family businesses. Yeah. What considerations or challenges, emotional factors uh, play a role in the family transition when you're taking a look at strategies, especially if you have non-active family members that may or may not be in the business? It's an interesting question. I think when you have non-family members in the business, it is interesting how those businesses get professionalized. One of the things that I've seen in my own research is the duality of the rules and policies that apply to family versus non-family. Often non-family are, are left in the lurch. They're kept in the dark. There's no performance reviews. There's not, there is, it's rare for them to actually have job descriptions. Uh, so, so you, you often have, you often have family members roaming around a corporation well outside their own defined natural areas. I mean, they might be VP of administration, but they're, they're wading into sales issues or operational issues. It is a very common problem for there to be lots of managerial chaos in family businesses just because of how emotional it is for a parent to give performance feedback to a child. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, and I would also agree that many times there's not even any real job descriptions and certainly um, no metrics to track is like, what is the growth of this person and how are they making a contribution back to the company, right? And what is their continued education moving forward to understand how to run the company and move that thing forward? So I, I think it's, you know, it, it's always there. So. Tom, I could go on with this conversation with you for probably at least two hours. Uh, hopefully, maybe you can come back on again sometime in 2024. would love to continue the chat and really appreciate you being here. Um, sorry, you guys don't have any snow, even up in Toronto. That's amazing. I know here even, I know we talked about this before we, we clicked onto the show, is like there's, this is just kind of one of those weird winters where there's nothing going on and uh, 
you know, I live in northern Michigan for a reason. I, I enjoy the snow, actually. So uh, I like to get out, but there's there's nothing going on. So hopefully you guys get some and we get some because we're about the same parallel line, I believe. If you, We are indeed. Yeah, no, I, I echo that sentiment. Yeah, it's just very odd. Yeah. Well, thanks again for being here. Uh, for our listeners, certainly we hope that you enjoyed this episode of Finishing Touches. If you would like more content, you can check out our website at prometuspartners.com. We have a ton of information over there. Uh, if, if our podcast obviously has been helpful to you, please leave a review to help others discover us and to find out where we're at and to stay updated with some of the latest tips and insights that we have. We look forward to accompanying you on your journey to a successful business transition in our next episode. Hope everybody has a great New Year's and we will talk to you soon. Thank you very much. That's a wrap on today's episode of Finishing Touches. For more information and guidance, head over to PrometheusPartners.com. Your feedback means the world to us, so please take a moment and leave a review of the podcast. You can stay in the loop or ask me a question by connecting with me on LinkedIn or visit our website and start a conversation with me. We look forward to accompanying you on your journey to a successful business transition in our next episode, and have a great week. Thank you so much.